Hey everyone, how we doing? How we living? Again, this is Austin Cunningham welcoming me into talking football, and I am joined as always with uh, Justin Treese, Doug Anderson, and Riley O'Brien. And of course, today we are going to be talking football. There was a lot of news happening in the NFL, and let me tell you, biggest news coming out is it's draft week. Hope you boys are ready. How you been doing? Doing awesome. It's been a good week, and it's exciting. It's happening. Ah, it's draft week. Absolutely. It's going to be a fantastic week. We are at 70 hours until the draft, and I cannot wait that full 70 hours. You know what I love is Doug's enthusiasm, and of our four teams, he's the one without a first-round pick. Doug, do you like football, dude? It's, it's a good sport, I, I think. Yeah. You know what? To be honest with you, though, I'm just excited for the, I don't know, I, I'm pretty sure Kyler's going first overall, but if he doesn't, dude, it's going to be just a shit show. I'm excited. It will definitely get wild um, if Kyler does not go number one, and that'll kind of start us off perfectly here because there were some rumors. A report came out today, and then Daniel Jeremiah said it last week and in a couple weeks. You know, his percentage of who the Cardinals are going to take is just kind of getting lower and lower and lower. And I know we've discussed, I think we've been kind of one of the first ones to really bring up the topic of, what happens if Kyler Murray is not taken by the Cardinals in the mess that it will create for the draft, especially on Thursday night? So if they don't take Murray, do you think they go Bosa or do you think they go Williams? I think they go Quinn and Williams. Personally, I, for me, I would go Williams. He's my number one. Yes. you got to go the best player. Yeah, Bosa's my number one player, but I think that they're going to want to get that interior pressure as they already have Chandler Jones on their team. Yeah. And I, I'm right there with you, boys. And then uh, another thing that was really kind of surprising this past week, you know, it really hit the news wave and kind of blew up Twitter for a little bit, but the Raiders kicking out their scouts. You know, talk about talk about a baller move from, you know, first-year GM Mike Mayock, just like, hey, you know what, get the heck out of here. I think we already know what we're going to do, and I don't trust any of you guys. Do you like that strategy, or do you think it just kind of spreads an uneasy tension through the Raiders front office and scouting team of, hey, they don't trust us. For me, I don't think it really matters because most likely all of those scouts are getting fired on come Monday anyways. Like Mayock's going to want his own guys. I would I would not be surprised if 90% of those guys are fired on Monday. So, I mean, they've done their work. They Mayock's gotten what they needed out of them. Get the hell out of here. We don't need you. Yeah, I I also don't really see it as like a – a crazy big thing. Um, I mean, Daniel Jeremiah, right after that kind of came out, he's like, you know, when I was scouting, it slowly became less and less scouts, even in the draft room that day. Um, just fewer personnel, which to me, I think is a better way to go at it. Cause you don't have as many people barking, barking in your ear, making you second guess your decisions. Because I mean, that's what, all of this time's been for is for everybody to put in their scouting reports, pound the table for their guys. And once that day comes, it's, it's finally the, the decision-making time. And that's past the point of here's my opinion. Let me tell you why you need them. Yeah. And I think that this might've made a little bit more news because it is the Raiders and it is Mayock and it is Gruden. Um, an example is the Jaguars did this the first couple years with when Caldwell and Gus Bradley were new to Jacksonville. Like there's pictures of their giant war room um, conference room. And it's just those two on this like desk and the rest of the room is empty and it's super funny looking, but uh, and I'm sure they're not the only team that's like that. It's just the team that I obviously pay the most attention to. That's a good point. And, you know, one thing that Doug mentioned is, or Therese, you mentioned here, on Monday, that's when, you know, the kind of the dark side of the NFL comes out and, you know, all the hard work that these guys put in can ultimately just be taken away just like that because team, you know, there's new general managers that come in and they do want their own guys. And that's more than just a front office wanting head coaches. That's with scouting as well. So, so those guys that were there the year before with the previous staff, these scouts are taking all this time away from their families, you know, making all these sacrifices. And then, you know, once that job happens and, you know, the draft is over, it's like, hey, you know what, thank you for everything you've done, but you're out of here. And it's just like that. They're looking for another job, whether that's in the NFL or anywhere else. And whatever happened with them, you know, just kind of happens and the team moves on and that's just part of the NFL. Um Moving in with guys moving on from their teams in the NFL, let's talk about Frank Clark here and some of the options that, you know, some 
possible landing spots for him. His name's been out in the air a lot. You know, we've seen some of his tweets with they lied to me, and he, he put it towards it being family issues and Twitter world kind of overreacting. But I personally think it's it is related to Seattle, and he's just not willing to say that right now with a fighting chance of hey, maybe they want me to be here, maybe they don't. So, kind of where are your guys' thoughts with this, and you know, possible landing spots for him, and where do you think he's a great fit? Um, in regards to fit, I I didn't think too much of it, uh, but I did think that Twitter. You know, I hate it when athletes go on Twitter. And, like, there's already drama, there's already things happening, trade rumors, all these different things. And then they say, they lied to me. Like, what the hell do they expect us to think they're talking about? And then they backtrack, oh, it's about family, yada, yada. Well, don't make it to where people have to decode it that much. Like, oh, he's just talking about family. We don't need to worry about what's going on in that athlete's life. We don't don't care about where he's going to land. I hate that because it's so misleading and he's just bringing more and more attention to him. Which sometimes isn't the best thing. I mean, look back at like all the stuff AB when he first started his, I don't know, his crazy streak, which he's still riding on. Um, he just started to do really like cryptic tweets where it's just like these little subtle things, one word things. Like last year when he said for someone to pee on him and he's like, no, not really. I mean, whatever. So just say what you mean. Stop being so damn weird. Just be straight forward that's my only thing that i have with the frank clark situation other than that i mean wherever he lands he's gonna be a playmaker yeah absolutely uh i think just going off of like where i think a good landing spot would be would actually be with the jets um they're a little bit more difficult because i think that a team would want to offer like an early second round pick for him value wise um, so I think the most likely scenario is probably the Colts, but I just deep down don't want that. Um, just obviously with them being in the division with the Jags, uh, I don't need them being any better than what they are. But I think like the team that needs them the most is the New York Jets. And let's say they do make that happen. You know, there's been some talk of do they take a Josh Allen? Do they take a Quinn Williams on whoever's there? You know, at pick three, if they decide to go after Frank Clark here, do they, does that kind of solidify them moving back in the draft? Or do you think they take Quentin Williams there too, if he's available at three and say, Hey, do you know what? We got a linebacker. We got a heck of an edge rusher. And now we got an interior pass rush here with Quentin Williams. Good luck to you. You know, we already know they got Adams there in the back. Their offense is coming around with Le'Veon Bell. They're looking like, you know, a future of the AFC East. If the Patriots, you know, start to crumble, which, who knows on if that's actually going to happen. But I do like the fact, you know, Trish, you saying the, the Colts being there. I do see that being a good fit with them giving up a second. You know, Seattle's been recorded saying, hey, we're dead set on wanting a first. And they mentioned that they want the Jets third, you know, third pick in the draft, which I think is just a little too much and it's not going to happen. But, you know, we saw in Doug's favorite movie here, Draft Day, with Seattle being pretty firm on their decision on what they want. So does that kind of shoot them in the foot and they get what they want, or do they kind of force to move on? I think that's kind of coming to a reality here. So that movie, maybe a little bit of a fortune-telling situation. And real quick, just because, you know, big Chiefs guy here, I would like to see Frank Clark in Kansas City. He is a bigger a bigger addition of a D Ford. You know, a lot of fans here are saying, you know, why get rid of D Ford if we're going to bring in Frank Clark and pay him there? Well, Frank Clark's better against the run. You know, he's just as good at Justin Houston as that, and he's been healthy. He's been able to play. He's had over 10 sacks the last three seasons. He's earning his money, and I think that's a guy that can that would help Kansas City and just kind of help put them over the top. If they have to give up pick 29, honestly, I'm comfortable with that as a fan just due to the fact that they do have two second-rounders, and they could get a safety because there is good safety debt back there if they're looking for one and another potential corner. And then they're set on not having to worry about another edge rusher not developing like they have the past two years with Tano Passanio and Breland Speaks. Get a guy that's in there that can come in, play, make a difference, and help get this team to the Super Bowl before you pay Pat Mahomes $200 million. Because you're going to have to pay that man that much money. Um, So here's a question for you. Would you rather give up pick number 29 for him, or would you rather give up both of the second round picks but keep pick twenty nine? 
I would rather give up pick 29 just due to the fact that, I mean, who else are you going to take at 29? Garrett Bradbury has been mocked to go ahead of the Chiefs. I think that's a good fit for him there in the end of the round. Maybe an edge rusher falls that late. But are they going to come in and make an immediate impact like a Frank Clark would? Yeah, I don't well, think but, so. Yeah, well, I mean, if you took gave up two second rounders, you wouldn't need that edge rusher, right? You would be going after probably a cornerback and just hope that one of the cornerbacks falls. Exactly. And they do need a corner to come in and play and make a difference, but they don't need it as bad now as they did last year. You know, they got Brashad Breeland, Shalvarius Ward stepped up. They still got uh, Fuller. I think those guys, you know, it was a good little set there. They lost Steven Nelson, who was a lot better than he was given credit for. But, you know, you get the guy to town, he got paid so good for him. I hope he does well in Pittsburgh, but not well when they play the Chiefs. So I think the Chiefs are fine there in the corner. So if they can get one in the second round, it's not as heavy on we need this guy to perform now as it would be if there's an edge rusher because that's where they need. They need a guy that's going to hold the edge against the run and it can get to the quarterback when it's, you know, time to get there. That's what their defense needs right now. That's fair. I like it. Yeah, I like that a lot. I'd, I'd be in the same boat with you, honestly. I'd give away that first rounder and you still have two second rounders left because, I mean – you can still get some pretty good talent in the secondary in the second round anyways. So, And like we said before here, you know, this is draft week, and this is the time the last two weeks and this week. You know, there's all these rumors coming out. This is who we're taking. This is who we're not taking. And these are what is known as smoke screens here for the NFL draft. Earlier today, I saw a report that the Giants are dead set on taking an edge rush at six. Do you think that's true and they're look maybe, you know, relaxing to get a quarterback at 17, whether that's going to be Daniel Jones, you know, maybe someone else falls. Do you think they take an edge at six or do you think they're just saying this to go ahead and get eyes and pressure off Dwayne Haskins? I personally don't think that they're set on taking an edge rusher at six unless Josh Allen falls to them. Um, because who else are you going to take if Bosa and Josh Allen are gone at six? Anybody, anybody at that point is too early. I mean, you're talking Montez Sweat. You're talking Brian Burns. Uh, both of those are, in my opinion, too early. I know I've been on record saying that I wouldn't mind the Jags taking Sweat at seven, which is only a pick later, but, um, that's a whole nother story, which I'm sure we'll get to here shortly. But um, I think that it's too early. So I think that they're saying that because they know, yeah, if Josh Allen is there, yeah, sure. They'll absolutely take him over, say, Dwayne Haskins. But overall, I don't see the, I don't see how they could pass up on Dwayne Haskins if he's there at six. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that because, I mean, if one of the top five players that they might have on their board or even top four – because I, I don't know about Kyler Murray being one of their top players, but one of their top four when it comes to edge or D-tackle, if somebody's not there that they have rated that high, they need to take Haskins. 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 Like, they need to, or else they're, they're not going to get the value. They're not going to get what they need. If they go, I've seen some people take an O-lineman there. Personally, I don't see the Giants needing that right now. So... They need to get either uh, Haskins or, like you said, Josh Allen. If he's there, get Josh Allen. Wait till 17, get whatever quarterback's left. But if Josh Allen's there, get him. Get him in New York as fast as you can. And even if you don't, you know, let's say you do take an edge at six because you don't get Dwayne Haskins, you know, as Doug just said there. Uh, that's a new way of saying his last name, but I kind of like Shut it. Up. I kind of like it. <laughs> and here is Dwayne Haskins. Uh, Dwayne so, Haskins. <laughs> so let's say, you know, you get an edge guy at six and then pick 17. Daniel Jones is gone. Go ahead and get, you know, a safety. Go ahead and get a corner there. Get a guy that fits that role and look for a quarterback in the second round, whether that's Jarrett Stidham, a Will Greer, quarterback of the future behind Eli. That's kind of a good place to get them. Did you guys see the Wonderlick scores came out today for the quarterbacks? I did not. How that? How were they? Well, personally, I'll be honest with you. I'm the whole Wonderlick testing scores, things like that. That never, that doesn't make or break a, a QB to me by any means. Um, but Ryan Finley, Daniel Jones, and Will Greer were the top three, and the bottom three were was Dwayne, Tyree, and Kyler. 
Kyler's the lowest. The guy that's going to go number one got the lowest on the test. Yeah. But still, I don't, I don't know. I don't take the Wonderlick test too seriously. Like, I mean, there's something definitely to consider, but um, it's not something that I'm going to take and grade them off of, essentially. No, yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right, you know. That's it's a standardized test. It doesn't really matter how well you do on it. Some guys are going to do better than others. I think the guy that scored the highest on it was, you know, Fitzgerald, and that guy's been a journeyman in the NFL. Fitz Magic, but other than that, congrats! I'm glad you did so well on the test and went to Harvard. But uh, we mentioned this a little bit ago, and I kind of want to get back to it. Montez Sweat. Um, there were medical reports that came out uh, earlier last week or the end of last week, and now that's been kind of has some team some teams reporting that. He's completely off their boards now, and they're not even going to look at him. Do you think those are teams saying that, that were like, hey, you know, we knew we weren't going to get him to where we're at in the draft now, so he's off our board now for sure? Or do you think there are teams that were potentially in the top 10 and the top 15 range that were looking at him and are now going, hey, we don't know if we can take this guy, you know, after how well he tested and how well his stock has risen since the Senior Bowl? To be honest with you, Montez Sweat was a guy that I paid a lot of attention to during the draft because his tape from the beginning of the season I wasn't totally sold on but you could see the progression of how he became a better player and after all of his testing I slowly became part of the I slowly turned a new leaf and I was like, all right I could see the Montez sweat like I could see why he'd go so high I personally still think that he could go on the top 10 and I don't remember, was it Matt Miller or somebody that said there's even people saying he might fall to the second round. Um, I don't see that for Montez Sweat personally, especially when it's an edge rusher like he is, where we've had people literally tell us they were one of the hardest, he was one of the hardest people to defend. Yeah, you you said it perfectly. That's what I was going to say. I mean, pass rusher is, besides quarterback, is the most wanted position right now. And you have a guy that's that strong, that fast. I just don't see how that type of talent can fall out of the first round. Um, sure, maybe maybe there's worrisome and he doesn't go top 10, but I would be absolutely shocked if he's not a top 15 pick. All right, let's head in a different direction here. Um, let's go ahead and talk about our favorite teams, our guys, the guys that we are experts in. Uh, what are some updates you know, for your team, You know, things that they're heading for, looking for in the draft that maybe we haven't quite heard yet? that you've been paying attention to that you kind of just want to go ahead and talk about? All right. I'll start us off. Um, hey, Tom Coughlin, can you just shut your mouth and stop talking, please? <laughs> the worst thing you can do is piss off basically your best two defenders. It's voluntary minicamp. Why would you care if they're there or not? It is not 1992. This is how the CBA was made, and that's what it is. Um, so, now that I'm done with that, good news is they called Jalen Ramsey today, and everything's fine. Telvin Smith, on the other hand, they still haven't got a hold of, and so that's an interesting little nugget of what's going to happen there. Hopefully, he's just a, he's just saying, hey, I'm just working out in my hometown, and I'll be there when, I, when it matters most. Um, so... That's what bothers me most about the Jaguars. I, I don't know how many times I've said it on this podcast that Tom Coughlin should not be a part of this organization anymore, but I don't think I'm alone on that. Um, a little too old school for you? Yeah, way too old for me. Um, so as for what I think that they're wanting, um, they came out today, obviously said best player available type thing. They did mention that they would be willing to trade down. Um, if somebody was willing to trade up to seven, which was interesting because I've never said that before. Um, but for me, I've always said Oliver or Sweat are kind of the top two, I think. Now with this news of Sweat and people being scared, it does actually scare me away a little bit. So I would be back on that Ed Oliver or TJ Hawkinson at seven. Um. And for the Browns, really, they just need secondary help. That's their biggest thing. Yeah, they have Morgan Burnett now from the Steelers that they signed on. And John Dorsey said he's our starting safety. Well, clearly, because he's there's not too much depth there. So, I mean, what else is he going to do? Is he going to be his own backup? 
So him and Demarius Randall right now, they're the guys, um, the main guys, I should say. So they're definitely going to go safety. I hope and pray that like Jonathan Abram will be there. He won't, but I hope and pray. Oh, that's back to that too good to be true mock draft. For me personally, I doubt it. It'd be nice. Um, but other than that, I mean, the Browns, I, I love their O-line. Um, I have a lot of faith in Austin Corbett. Um, they, I, I, do, I just want the Browns to play a game at this point. I'm tired of looking at their roster online and just be like, man, that, that's a good-looking roster. Sick. And then I look at last year, I'm like, seven, eight, and one. Okay, okay. Look at their roster again. Hmm, okay. Well, let's freaking play a game, because I just want to see a win, man. That's all I want. Did you see Keep to Leap come out today? Uh, what did he say? Like, yeah, they look good on paper, but he's like, I actually want to see him in person. And I don't think it was like, I don't think it was a jab at him. I think he was just genuinely saying, I want to see them. Like, even if it was like, let me come to the camp and like watch practice or something like that. Yeah, no, I think, dude, I think it's going to be a really fun team to watch because, I mean, I, I'm i excited to see a team cover Antonio Callaway, Jarvis Landry, David Njoku, Odell Beckham Jr., Kareem Hunt in the backfield. Ooh, man, it's going to be so much fun. Wait, who in the backfield? Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. Oh, but what about Duke Johnson and... Um, Shut up. No, so everybody... <laughs> Um, if you don't follow Doug here on Twitter, he not only doubled down on his incredibly poor take from last week's hey, podcast. That was more of a joke than anything. No, no, oh, you, bullshit. No, it was not. Bullshit. On Twitter, on Twitter, yes. When I made that on our last episode, I was being serious, but then... Really wish I could have redacted it because that was a dumb idea. I'll own third and a fifth for getting the top ten. And hey, well, how about I give you a little extra present of Duke Johnson? Yeah, Duke Johnson. Get the fuck out of here, dude. Yeah, dude. <laughs> this weekend he doubles down on. Okay, fine. I'll give you Duke Johnson and a second round pick for a top five pick. <laughs> That's right, and a third and a fifth. Just give you our whole draft. This guy. This, this guy over here. Um, Austin, what about you? How do you feel about your team and what they're going to be doing? Um, I would really like to figure out what's going on with the Tyree Kill situation, but that's something we're still going to have to remain patient on. Um, other than that, it's really just, are they going to go get Frank Clark or are they not? And if they don't, it's kind of, all right, we're back to where we were and trying to figure out where they're going to do at 29. Will they trade up and get you know, a clean and feral? Will they stay back and get an offensive lineman if a Garrett Bradbury falls there? And then where do they go in the second? Do they trade up in the second with both picks, or do they stay put and get good de- you know, good guys that are depth at the position? So it's really just kind of up in the air on what they're going to do, but I'm excited for it, and I can't wait because I think the move is going to happen on Wednesday or the night of the draft, which is really just going to change things. I think Brett Veach goes, you know what? I'm tired of sitting here at 29. I'm tired of waiting. I'm amped up. Adrenaline's going. Let's go ahead and give them pick 29. They get that first round pick. The Seahawks will then have two picks, you know, in the 20s. They'll get, you know, maybe a replacement there for him. The Chiefs get Frank Clark. We're happy. You don't have to worry about night one. You go into Friday, ready to make a move and go. But Riley, what's going on with the Lions? Nah, I don't fucking know what they're doing. <laughs> just, just, keep, <laughs> just, keep, just keep rolling on. <laughs> I appreciate the honesty. That was fucking hilarious. Now, I don't know what the fuck they're doing. All right, let's head into our uh, our set segment here that we've kind of just got going on with with old Justin Treese here, the little Treesivia. Um, I really like how that just kind of rolls off the tongue. It is a little challenging, but I like it. Uh, what do you got for us today, man? All right, since we didn't do one last week's second episode, I got two for you guys. So, with the schedules coming out last week, this first one's going to be schedule-related. And let's go with this. Who do you think has the most indoor, or in the dome, indoor games this season, and how many do you think they are? Dallas Cowboys? And how many do you think they have? Ten. Okay. Austin. I'm going to say the Saints 
And I'm going to say eight of them. Good guesses by both of you. You both are incorrect. Um, do you guys want to do one more guess? Atlanta for nine. I was going to say Atlanta, too. Atlanta is correct. Nine is the wrong number, though. Twelve. Close. Thirteen. Yeah. So I actually remembered seeing that somewhere because somebody was, they're kind of like upset about them playing indoors so much. What? That's a huge advantage. No, no, it's a huge advantage. That's why they were upset. It's like, oh, wow, they get to play indoors so much. Like, this is just on Twitter somewhere. I remember someone bitching and complaining about it. So, I mean, but it makes sense, though, right? You have eight home games. You're in a dome, so that's eight no matter what. You play the Saints twice, so that's already ten. Like, you're at ten no matter what. There are three teams this season that play zero games in a dome. Can you name those three teams? Kansas City Chiefs. Nope. No, they play in FC North, so they probably play in Minnesota. No, because they got Minnesota home. L.A. Rams? Nope. Philadelphia. They are all AFC teams since you guys keep naming uh, NFC teams. Uh, the Chargers. <laughs> nope. Patriots. Ravens. Ravens are one of them. Patriots. Steelers. Nope. Are they in the AFC North? Uh, one is, yeah. Or one more is, yeah. Browns. Nope. No, Bengals. Yep, there you go. So that's two. The other team is in the AFC East. Dolphins? Nope. Titans? Yes, correct. Ravens, Bengals, and Jets play zero games inside a dome in this season. So pretty interesting, right? Um, Okay, I got one more for you guys going off of stats from last season. So I'm going to name – I'm going to have a player A and a player B. I want you guys to guess who these players are. They're going to obviously be quarterbacks. So just giving you guys that heads up now. Okay, player A had 4,298 passing yards with a 70.1 completion rate, 30 touchdowns, and 10 interceptions. And he was sacked 40 times, 4-0. Holy shit. Okay, 4,000 yards, 70% completion. 30 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, and he was sacked 40 times. Yeah, and it was 4,300 yards if you want to be a little bit more specific there. Okay. Well, it was actually 298, but yeah. You're right. <laughs> there you go. Cool. Hey, dot. <laughs> if, you want, if you want to be correct, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> Player B had 4,355 passing yards, 65.8 completion percentage, 29 touchdowns and 11 interceptions and was sacked only 21 times. Player B is Andrew Luck. Incorrect. Well, I was really confident in that answer, so it's nice (laughs) to be wrong. (laughs) It it was nice to be wrong. Uh, Uh, I will tell you this. Player A is in the NFC and player B is in the AFC. Player A is Cousins. You are correct. I got it. Wow. Good job, Riley. Dude, I've got a coworker that is a Minnesota Vikings fan, and we were talking about it today. So um, I was like, I was kind of surprised because those are pretty good statistics. 30 touchdowns, 10 picks. That's, a, that's not a bad ratio. Exactly. Okay. So who's player B? Oh, well, I was thinking of another NFC. Philip Rivers. Nope. He was a playoff quarterback, though. In the AFC. Tom Brady? Correct. Wow. Dang. So, we have shit on Kirk Cousins a few times this year. And look at those stats. (laughs) Look at those stats compared to Tom Brady last year. And I know everybody said that Brady just didn't have as good as the year as he had been um, in previous years. But, I mean, basically the same amount of yards, basically the same touchdown-to-interception ratio, but a better completion percentage. And being sacked twice as much. So, pretty... I thought that was interesting. I didn't think that I would see that stat uh, align up so evenly. Yeah, that is crazy. Especially the the difference in sacks, like you said. The one question I have is, how many more times did Cousins throw than Brady? 
Uh, I actually don't have that stat off of the top of my head. Um, but if you give me 30 seconds, you guys talk about something, I can find it for you guys. Well, let's, we can talk about they – I don't remember what week it was, but uh, you guys might – when they changed their offensive coordinator. Because wasn't he run heavy and – No, he was pass heavy. And they he was pass heavy. It. They yeah. wanted to flip it. Who was, who was the coordinator? The flip, Filippo. Oh, yeah, okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, he might have had more pass attempts earlier in the year. That's actually – it's so weird, though, when you just think Kirk Cousins, because I'm going to be honest with you. I've never been a fan of Kirk Cousins. Like, no matter what team he has ever played for, I just have – I don't know. I'm not sold on the guy. I never liked him. But, I mean, Tom Brady, look at him, and it's like, wow, man – how many Super Bowls has he won? How successful has he been? Well, do, do you so, think- sorry to jump in here. Um, Tom Brady had 570 attempts, and Kirk Cousins had 606. So within 35, 36 attempts. That's crazy. And Tom, Tom Brady's would probably be lower if they probably weren't running the clock out at the end of games. You know, their running game was just so good that there's no need for him to throw as many times you know their numbers are similar there in the past attempts but that 30 or 40 difference you know that's a whole game's worth whole game. yep. to some teams yeah absolutely for sure all right cool guys good trivia today good uh tree civia a term coined by one of our listeners brandon olson let's go ahead and get in the meat of our episode here This is Monday for us. It'll be Tuesday for you guys listening. But, uh, you know, this is what a lot of people like to call Mock Draft Monday. We'll just kind of call it, hey, we're doing a Mock Draft on Tuesday. Draft's (laughs) Thursday. Let's get this shit. Let's go ahead and get it started here. We'll just go one, two, three order, and then one, two, three. We're not going to snake it. Just kind of, you know, do your picks. It'll be consistent. Keep on page with us. Um, I'm excited for this because... You know, we've kind of changed it up a little bit, but I think it's something that, you know, will be a little interesting, and I have a feeling we're probably going to have different takes. So, uh, Therese, why don't you go ahead and get us started here, man? All right. I think that it's a shitty smokescreen. I'm going to be boring, and it's going to be Kyler Murray. I love how Austin was already typing it in as I started talking. It's going to be Kyler Murray. They're going to take him number one overall. They're going to end up trading Rosen, my guess is for a second round pick. Um, if if not, if it ends up being a first round pick, it's going to be from the Chargers. I don't see anybody else giving up a first round pick, and that's inclu- that includes the Patriots. I don't see them giving up their first round pick for. Do you think, Trees, that that trade happens on draft night or after? Uh, I could see it happening on Friday. To be honest with you, I could see it just not kind of being finalized on Thursday, but it's all yeah. obviously in talks. Yep. All right, Dougie, you're up number two with the 49ers. Yeah, for the San Francisco 49ers, round one, pick two, Nick Bosa. I mean, they got to. It feels they're a big need at pass rusher. It's freaking Nick Bosa. How do you pass up on him? The Niners are a team I'm really excited for this coming season. And to see Nick Bosa flying around that edge, taking out QBs, is going to be a beautiful thing. So the first two picks, I feel like, you know, probably the easiest ones to do. And it's going to be pick three (laughs) here where uh, things kind of get a little challenging and a little questionable on what's going to happen. I didn't necessarily do this on purpose, but once again, I'm ready for the challenge. And I'm going to go ahead and put Quinn and Williams here. I don't think it's something they should overthink. You know, there are reports out there saying, well, they already have interior defensive linemen. Okay, but you don't have a Quinn and Williams. You don't have a guy that can get after the quarterback similar to an Aaron Donald. You know, a guy that can disrupt every single play from wherever he's lined up. So I think Quentin Williams here to the New York Jets is a good fit and something they shouldn't overthink. I agree with you. Um, I was really hoping that he would end up falling to four because I'm up next with the Oakland Raiders. <laughs> and um, the Raiders just did a little put. Po- I guess it wasn't the Raiders. It was uh, an, an NFL update that says the Raiders are preparing to make the most anticipated number four overall pick ever. No one knows anything. Uh, what does that mean? Um, <laughs> it goes back to our whole thing earlier with the whole cryptic damn thing. tweets. Yes. 
And I'm going to say that that is not accurate. I'm going to say that they need somebody that can get to the quarterback because they traded Mac. Um, and so let's just give him what a lot of people think is the second best pass rusher in this draft class. And let's give him Josh Allen. I like the pick. It's a good pick. Boring, but I think that that's what ends up happening. I think you're right. You know, I think you get rid of Khalil Mack. You, you're not going to find a guy that's going to be the next Khalil Mack, but you can find a guy that can at least make somewhat of a difference, you know, on the field, especially with the defensive side of the ball. And you have two other picks here in the first round to make up for the mistake if you're wrong here at pick number four. Um, so it is my turn here. Just kidding. It is not my turn. It is Doug's turn with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. My bad, Doug. Just getting a little excited over here. You're good, my dude. Um, I don't like making the picks that it seems like everybody's safe with and comfortable with, but, I mean, when they make sense, it's hard to just throw something out there. I'm going Devin White. Like, I hate it because it's like we've get, we've done this mock draft, and I don't want to say that the first five picks are a lock because if Kyler Murray doesn't go number one overall, a lot of this can change. If the Jets... Might not be at number three. There's a lot of things that can happen, but I'm going Devin White here. He's the best linebacker in the draft. Uh, the Bucks need it. It's going to fill a big need that they have, so you got to go best player available, and especially at linebacker where there's not a ton of depth, go Devin White. I got a little excited there before and tried to take Doug's turn. Um, it is actually my turn here for the Giants at pick six. Uh, I don't think this is something that they should overthink. You know, there's definitely a need there with Eli Manning getting older. I don't know who you take here at six for an edge that, you know, you're not reaching on. We said this earlier in the episode, but I think it, you know, it still fits in right here with who they ultimately take with Montez Sweat, you know, medical issues coming out and however severe it is or however severe it's not. Um, I have the Giants taking Dwayne Haskins, as Doug would say. Uh, Dwayne Haskins out of Ohio State. You know, I think he is a guy that can come in and sit. He is able to show off something we talked about in our earlier episodes, and it's something he showed on live TV with Dan Orlovsky. If you guys haven't seen that, definitely go check it out. It was awesome watching them both break down the play um, and the progressions into it. That was something Doug touched up on, and I think that's something that would be great in New York and something that he can continue to develop, you know, sitting a year or two behind Eli and, you know, watching the Giants kind of grow back to the franchise that they've always been known as. That's a good pick. I got no, I got no qualms with that one. Am I up next, boys? I am. Uh, for the first time in a while, I get to pick the Jags pick in a mock draft. Um, I, honestly, everybody, we, we did an order, and I wasn't supposed to have this pick, so this is kind of throwing me off guard, but Austin likes to throw something throw a wrench at things and he's already written down a name and that's interesting because that is exactly who I'm choosing. Um, I am going to go with TJ Hawkinson. I'm going to stick with what I've been saying and that is they're going to be satisfied with who they picked up in free agency for a right tackle position um, with Allen gone and the worry about sweat. I don't think that they're going to go edge. Oliver was a very close call here i think that they really would like um oliver to go along with kind of what camp clay's campbell's been the last couple years he's getting older i could see him kind of taking over that role because i don't think that Taven bryan's that guy i think they want Taven bryan to stay more in the three tech um so let's just take the best uh tight end who can help out that right tackle in blocking if you do feel like it's still a weakness and we'll just take that with a guy that can also make plays in the passing game. So, TJ Hawkinson. I like that pick. Best tight end in this draft. I like where he's going. Really decent team. Excited to see what Foles could do with him. Um, but for the Detroit Lions, for the number eight overall pick, I am actually going to go with Montez Sweat, regardless of a lot of people kind of saying his stock has dropped, things have happened. I still think he could be in the top 10 picks. I love him. Um, he's shown off. He's freaking done great this or, or during the draft pre-draft process. 
So I think he could be a huge benefit to the Lions, um, make their just stack up onto their defense to make them even more deadly. So Montez Sweat to the Detroit Lions. I think that is definitely a shocking pick here after, especially especially after what we've discussed here previously. Um, it looks like we have somewhat of a trade trying to take place here for the Bills <laughs> pick at pick nine. Um, Trees has written down pick 14 and 45 in a trade. Go ahead and remind me who those teams are, Trees. What do you got rolling in your mind here? That would be the Atlanta Falcons trying to trade up to to number nine for pick 14 and 45. I'm actually going to decline this just due to the fact that the Bills, they have their quarterback. They were able to get some wide receivers this offseason, and Ed Oliver's still here. You know, they were able to get a corner a couple years ago. They've helped build their defense. They're kind of getting it to where they want. So I like Ed Oliver here for the Bills. It's a guy that was projected, you know, as a number one pick early before college season, before college football season started last year. Him falling to number nine for the Bills, it's not something they should overthink. I feel like I say that all the time, you know, teams shouldn't overthink. And, you know, that just continues to ring true. Like, a guy's there. He's going to come in and make plays. You've done your job. You've scouted. You know who he is and what he can do. Just get him here while he's there. Don't overthink it and just go with it. I like it. Can't complain. I wish you would have accepted the trade, um, but I understand why not. So, all right, I am up with the Denver Broncos, and I fully expect that there will uh, be uh, – I fully expect that – John Elway will find a way to fuck this up and not take the second best quarterback in this draft class. And he will take the third best. And it's going to be boring because we've talked about this for months and months and months. And it is going to be Drew Locke at pick number 10. So when you say second best, are you meaning like he doesn't trade up to get Haskins or what? Yeah, I'm st- well, I'm just saying Haskins is... Oh, I oh shit, I forgot Haskins got taken at six. Never mind. Ignore that whole part, people. I, I don't pay attention. You're right. I was thinking Haskins didn't get taken. He did get taken, so he actually maybe not didn't fuck up as bad as I thought. I'm an idiot, people. Don't worry about it. All right, Doug, who do you have for Cincinnati? <laughs> this is not the most ordinary pick. The Bengals will not go... QB right here. They're going to go with Devin Bush. Linebacker, address some needs. Devin Bush is really good at run support. And they're facing the AFC North with James Conner heading up the Steelers' backfield. They have Lamar Jackson running all over the place, trying to throw the football every now and then. And then all the different monsters that are dwelling in the Browns' backfield. They need to add to their defense. I don't think quarterback right now is what they need. We kind of have been surprised by some of Andy Dalton's stats. Not that he's a great quarterback by any means, but I think they go Devin Bush. Um, all right, so we are now at the Green Bay Packers. Austin, who you got? Yeah, so at pick 12 here, this kind of leaves the Packers in somewhat of a situation of where do we go? You know, a lot of the defensive guys have been taken off the board. Rashawn Gary is still there. I don't know if this is a great fit for the Packers um, since they did so much, this free agency for their defense. So I think this is where they go. Offensive line, they go ahead and get some help to protect Aaron Rodgers. Here. They have another pick at pick 30. They can get a guy better value with some depth there. Um, so I have them taking Jonah Williams. Whether he's going to play guard or tackle, I think it's a guy that's going to plug and play and help lead that team and along the offensive line and you know ultimately keep Rodgers protected yeah um I'm a little upset that was going to be my next pick so good good (laughs) on you good on you that's a good pick I like that I wasn't expecting that to be honest with you cool all right I'm up next with the Miami Dolphins and this is a pretty bad spot for them I think that the offensive linemen, their top offensive lineman is gone. I think that all these edge rushers are gone. Um, tight ends gone. So they have multiple options here. Do they go wide receiver? Or do they stick with another offensive lineman in Jawan Taylor? 
Um, I'm going to say this is where they get, this is where we start getting interesting in the draft. And I think that they're going to want to make a big splash knowing that they're getting a quarterback next year or possibly even find a way to trade for um, Rosen. Let's go with this. Let's go with DK Metcalf. All right. Wow. DK Metcalf all the way up here? In the top 15? I'm not saying I would do it. All I'm saying is they need weapons. They want to fill some seats. He's going to be able to do that. Get him one year to start understanding NFL defenses. Next year, he's going to have Jake Fromm or Tua throwing to him, and he's going to be ready to roll. DK Metcalf, shake your head at me. Doug, I don't know. No, 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 no. Hey, that's fine. I actually... I was confused and thought that I had the Dolphins pick, and I was contemplating DK. I was actually going to go Noah Fant right there, to be honest with you. But they took they took uh, what's the Penn State kid from last year? Yeah, uh, what's it? it starts with a G, right, or something? I don't remember his name off the top of my head. But you guys know who I'm talking about. They took him in the second yeah, round. Yeah, no, yeah. I know who you're talking about. I'm just I was just thinking he's actually going to probably be pretty there. good this next year. Yeah, I was just getting options there, but I'm for me personally, DK Metcalf is gonna go pretty high in the draft, a lot Mike higher Gesky. than I want. Mike Jeski or Gesky. Yeah, Gesky. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah, that's right. Yep. Have him run north and south all he wants. Just those are the only directions that he'll go. Yep. I mean, like you said, give him that first year to kind of recover from an injury. That's definitely gonna happen, and then he'll be ready that second year for whatever quarterback they have. Precisely. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. There you go. It's just a warm-up year, right? Well, that puts me for the Atlanta Falcons. Um, last year, the Atlanta Falcons, they did not have the year they wanted. But they were also riddled with injuries. And because of that, I think they need to get a little bit more depth. So I'm going to actually go Cody Ford, offensive lineman. Um, help build some depth there. Help. Um, strengthen their core, protect Ryan. If somebody else goes down, doesn't matter. You already have an immediate starter. You get more depth. Boom. Cody Ford, Atlanta Falcons. I like it. I like it. Um, actually, I'm really not sure if I do like it. Um, I think it's a good strategy here for them. You know, definitely in need. But with the Redskins here, um, and here we go. I mean, let me pause here. Here comes Trees with another another trade option. Pick 18 and a third rounder. Chris, go ahead and break down this trade here for me. This this is coming from the Minnesota Vikings. You drop down, what is that, three spots and gain a third rounder. I think that's a fair trade. I mean, we're only going down three spots and we get an extra pick here in the third. If we need to use it, we can move up in the in the second round uh, if we you know got a guy that we like. So, uh, yeah, I'll go ahead and make this trade with you here because I'm honestly not sure where we go. You know, do we want to go for an offensive lineman that feels like, you know, we're reaching high? Or do we take um, a Rashawn Gary that's somehow still left on the board this far, this deep into the draft? But uh, I'm definitely, definitely interested in what we have going on here. So uh, let's go ahead and make this trade. Okay, awesome. Trade is complete. But here's the problem is you had the Vikings pick. So <laughs> you got to still pick. Well, fuck me. Why'd you make the trade then, damn it? Because I don't... Can I just take? Can I just steal your pick? <laughs> yeah, take it. Yeah, okay. go ahead. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the Titans pick so we make the same amount, and they are going to take with Cody Ford going off the board. They're going to a little bit of panic mode and think that some offensive linemen are gonna start going, and they desperately need an offensive lineman. So they are trading up to get Jawan Taylor. Definitely, uh, definitely wild that he's still available here this far into the draft. And there's still another prominent edge rusher on the board. I um, you know, there's still some weapons here. So, Trees, I think you're actually back up <laughs> with the Panthers. So, uh, what direction are you heading here going back-to-back now that we've, you know, got this trade? Yeah, and I think that the Panthers do need um, a pass rusher. Um, but one know what? I'm going to double down here. Um, on something that I said last last episode, and I'm going to take Chauncey Gardner-Johnson right here. Now that I've pretty much just got skipped, Doug, you are back up now with the Giants. Um, you are kind of getting to pick for your team here for the since they gave up their, uh, their first-round pick for Odell Beckham. 
was a great idea by them. So who do you have the Giants taking here? All right. So for the Giants, um, as much as I was really hoping the Cleveland Cleveland would be here to, you know, take Christian Wilkins, they're not, which I'm okay with. We got OBJ people. <laughs> but the New York Giants, they'll take Brian Burns, um, kind of help fill the role that Olivier Vernon kind of left once uh, he was also traded to the Browns. <laughs> so Brian Burns to the New York Giants. It'll be a pr- he'll fill a pretty important role there, and he'll do great at it. I like it. So uh, this kind of works out great for the Redskins because this is originally who I was going to take before Teresa offered me the trade uh, with the Vikings. If you can get a guy that is available and has been projected as a top 10 pick, and he slid this far down the draft as the Redskins, I think taking Rashawn Gary here is a great fit for him. He's just a guy that's going to help bolster that that defensive line and just kind of keep their defense going. They do have other holes, but a Rashawn Gary, a top 10 player, you can't let him slide down any further. You got to take him here. So Redskins, Rashawn Gary. Nice. To be honest with you, I love that pick, um, mainly because I would love to see him and Ryan Kerrigan just go at it. I Ryan Kerrigan's probably one of my favorite defensive players, and it'd be a beautiful sight to see Rashawn Gary and Ryan Kerrigan just going ham on whatever quarterback they're after. Absolutely. All right, Austin, since I stole your pick earlier, I'm giving you this pick. <laughs> so you now are up again with the Tennessee Titans. Well, thank you very much, you kind sir. Uh, it's a pleasure doing business with you. So with the Titans here, I think one thing that they are missing is offensive weapons. You know, if Derrick Henry can kind of form into the mold and into his size and, you know, keep being a dominant running back throughout the season instead of just in the month of December or towards the later end of November heading into the playoffs when he decides to just really pick it up. I think for Mariota, what he needs are, you know, guys that are going to catch the ball, that are going to be fast and can get upfield and just help get them that extra yardage. And I think Noah Fant, you know, being – I think this is a good spot for him. Their defense does have some holes. But you can kind of, like we've said numerous times, there is depth on the defensive side of the ball. And there is depth here at the tight end position. But there's not another Noah Fant in this class. So a guy that will be close for Mariota, a guy that has you know breakaway speed and is big enough to play the tight end position, I think that's a great hit fit here for the Titans and their new offense heading into the season. I would not like that, personally. Um, I don't want the Titans getting any more offensive weapons. And I really like Noah Fant. But, hey, good on him. Doug, who you got with the Steelers? All right. For me, for the Pittsburgh Steelers in a division with some pretty great wide receivers, they need some help. Joe Hayden, as much as I love Joe Hayden, and it hurt so bad when he got moved to the Steelers, he's getting up there in age. Like, he needs some help. And I think that they go Greedy Williams. Um, He'd fit the Steelers perfectly so I, I hope that Greedy also just has a very an insanely great rookie year and just builds off of it I've had issues with him watching his senior or not a senior but <clears throat> I've had issues with him watching his last season at LSU but I mean his first year at LSU he tore it up he's insane shut down corner and I think that if he brings that fire and that attitude with him to the Steelers and not that mentality of, oh, I've made it. No, he needs to keep working on it, working on his craft. Greedy could be one of the best corners in the game. Cool. He's he's cornerback one for me, so I'm, I'm not going to sit here and dog on that pick. Austin, we've talked about the Seahawks a lot this episode. You now have their first-round pick. Where are they going? Um, I think they got to go on the defensive side of the ball, and I think they need to find a safety. And, uh, you know, this is a guy whose name really hasn't been said much uh, since the senior bowl, really. And I think that's Nasir Adderley, uh, safety out of Delaware. I think this is a good fit for them. He does kind of remind me of an Earl Thomas. He does have the range. He does have the physicality. He's not the biggest guy, but, man, he plays like it. And so I think this is a good fit here for the Seahawks, kind of a guy that's going to come in be the next Earl Thomas for them and their new Legion of Boom that they're trying to create there in Seattle. So I like Nasir Adderley here for them. Interesting. I, I mean, I like the safety pick. Uh, he would not have been the safety I chose, but you gave all the right reasons, so I'm not going to complain. All right. I am up next with 
the Baltimore Ravens. And they have come out a few times this offseason and talked about their lack of production they've gotten from wide receivers. And so I think that they're going to, with only one wide receiver off the board, and I think for most people this is the number one wide receiver in the draft, they'll be very happy with this guy on the board and take him and give Lamar Jackson a weapon, and I'm going to give them A.J. Brown. I like it. Doug, who do you got it uh, with the Texans here? So Deshaun Watson gets destroyed a lot. He's always running around. I think that they need to take the most athletic lineman that's in the draft, in my opinion, and that's Garrett Bradbury. Um, He'd fill a much-needed role. He's a very athletic dude, moves around a lot, especially with the weight that he has. I think that he'd be the perfect match for Deshaun Watson and what he tries to do behind the line keeping him in the pocket and being able to throw a little bit more and not kind of get knocked to the ground as much. Uh, I mean, that's Deshaun Watson, man. That's your franchise QB. You need to protect him and you need to get one of the, one of the best linemen that's in the game or in the draft right now. Garrett Bradbury, hands down Texans need him. I like it. That's a good spot. You know, he's been projected to the chiefs at 29 and as high as not necessarily as high, but you know, a pick before to the Ravens, but with him getting AJ Brown, Bradbury falls right there to the Texans. Like you said, fits a need that they have. And I'm up next here with the Raiders. And I was able to get them Josh Allen there at pick four. Now here in the later end of the of the first of their, you know, close to back-to-back picks here in the later end of the first round. I think they feel another need, and that's going to be a running back with Josh Jacobs. You know, I think this is a guy that can come in and play for them. You know, like Teresa said here before, it's not something you personally want to see, you know, being another team in the same division as them. But the Raiders do need a running back. That's something they've struggled with the last couple of years besides Marshawn Lynch. He is getting older. Other than that, you just kind of had journeyman come in and take over the role for a little bit, and then you just transition through the season. But Josh Jacobs is a guy that can officially take over that role and, you know, be a leader for your franchise for years to come. Awesome. Yeah. I'm... Oh, I love that pick. Yeah, it, it's crazy to see how – Josh Jacobs is like moved around in this draft during the process, right? I remember one of our first mocks, we talked about him as a top 10 pick and now he's all the way down in the mid twenties. And I could see him, some team trading up into the, like the late teens for him, knowing that a team like the Raiders may be interested in him. Um, am I up next? I am with the Eagles. Um, I'm going to go with, they, they also got hit by a lot of injuries last year, um, just like the Falcons did, but specifically in the secondary. And I know they've re-signed a few of their guys, but um, I still think that they're really wanting to make sure that that doesn't happen again. And I'm going to go with Rocky Sin for the Eagles. Hell freaking yeah. Hell yeah. That is a great pick. I love Rockison. That that's that's a good spot for him too, and that fills a huge need for the Eagles. So I like it. Doug, you're up next with the Colts. Who do you got heading to Indy, man? Well, to be honest with you, when uh, Tree started talking about the secondary, I was really like skeptical. Like, don't you dare, don't don't take this dude. But I'm going Byron Murphy for the Colts. Um, he's my cornerback number one. I love the dude. Um, the Colts, though, for me, this was actually a little bit of a harder pick because I'm like, what the freak do the Colts need? Like, what what can they work on? Their secondary is not that bad. I mean, they could use some help. I mean, Derek Kindred from the Browns got signed to them this year, and Kindred's not anything to write home about. But um, being able to bulk up their secondary could be huge for them. Byron Murphy can be that guy. Um, really good at reading routes. Great instincts. Um, and, you know, for his weight and his size and his position, he's a good hitter, too. Like, he'll lay it down on you. So, Byron Murphy going to Indy. I like it. I like it. So, uh, somehow I've ended up with every single pick for the Raiders. Uh, That's I don't know why. I, I picked number four to the Raiders. So, never mind. I made that up earlier when I said I got Josh Allen for the Raiders. I think I just went ahead and typed it in before he made the pick. So... All right, we're on the same page, digging it. But here for the Raiders again, um, I think they need a safety. That's where they need help. They're going to go back to the defensive side of the ball here. They go 
defense, offense, defense. I'm going to have him take a secondary guy in Jonathan Abram, you know, a guy that has been listed as one of the top secondary players in this class. He's starting to make a name for himself um, with with his test results and his interviews. He's done well, and I think he's going to be a good fit in Oakland and help, you know, change the attitude there for them once they go over to Las Vegas. So I hate to see this happen. A guy that's going to go to the Raiders, probably going to do well. Hopefully doesn't do well against the Chiefs. Hopefully that's his kryptonite is Patrick Mahomes. But I'll have Jonathan Abram here to the Raiders. I like it. He's uh, number 16 on my big board, so I think that's a steal for them. Definite steal. Really pissed he's not there in the second round for the Browns. Not that I'm picking <laughs> for him. That's just in reality. <laughs> yep, yep. All right. I am up with the Los Angeles Chargers, the soon-to-be AFC West champion AFC <laughs> LA Chargers. Sorry, I'm just looking at Austin here. All right. I think that they truly believe that this defense is good enough to slow down the Chiefs. I think that they're going to build this team around how do we beat the Kansas City Chiefs. They have the edge rushers. They have some DBs. I think they could use some work at linebacker, but it's too early for another linebacker here. So what do they need? Let's get Mr. Phillip Rivers another weapon to really kind of help in case the defense gives up some more points. How are we going to counter with with us scoring ourselves? They lost Williams in free agency. So let's get another burner and let's go with Mr. Hollywood Brown. That's a good pick, dude. I feel like I'm actually the only one taking wide receivers in this first round. Well, to be honest, a lot of the teams that you've picked, I, I'm i like, that, that, that'd be a good wide receiver spot. So it's not that it's just like you picking wide receivers. It's more of the teams you were assigned to, you could yeah. say. Yeah, for sure. Because um, a lot of them could use it. And, I mean, that makes me – that puts me up against uh, – oh, I got a pick now for the Kansas City Chiefs. <sighs> These guys. Um, I think that they, uh, they could use some help in a few different areas – on the defense, a few. And I'm going to have them take DeAndre Baker, cornerback. I personally, I, I'm always all over the place with DeAndre Baker. So far, though, all all of my top four corners have been taken essentially at this spot. And DeAndre Baker rounds it out with the Chiefs. They could definitely use the secondary help. Um, he's also a really good guy that can cover really well, but definitely in zone coverage. So... I uh I'm going DeAndre man DeAndre Baker to the Chiefs. Um, I like it. Um, Clean and Farrell still on the board, and I think you know he's a he's a good fit if he makes it that far down. You know, for the Chiefs, especially if they don't get a Frank Clark. You know, I was looking up their their size and their similarities today, and they are very similar. So I think you know taking a Farrell if you don't get a Frank Clark, I think is a good replacement. You know. It may take them a year or two to develop if they're not able to get them, if they are able to get them and instead of a Frank Clark. But, you know, DeAndre Baker is a guy that, you know, like I said earlier, is a guy that's going to come in and play corner. He may not be the guy that makes an instant impact, but if he does, that's fantastic. But that's not something you necessarily need from a corner right now in round one with the depth. But I do like to pick that book, so uh, thank you for helping that Chief Secondary uh, where they ultimately need it. And I am heading up. Or I am up next here for the Packers once again, the defensive side of the ball. I'm going to go safety Taylor Rapp. Um, you know, a couple years ago they went they went corner safety as well. But uh, I think taking a Taylor Rapp type player here is a guy that's going to come in, not may, not necessarily make a difference, and he doesn't have you know that testing speed, and not necessarily that he's falling here, but you know he has been projected as high as the Seahawks, and then since his 40 time, it's not as high, but he does show a different type of speed during the game, and I think that's what teams are going to see here. So I like him there for the Packers. Yeah, I like it. He's also kind of like the Josh Jacobs scenario where you've seen him kind of going up and down on the boards and in mock drafts all over the place. So I also agree that he should be a first-round pick. All right, I'm up with the Los Angeles Rams, and I think that they believe that they have a – a team and a core that can get back to the Super Bowl. I think that 
McVeigh is going to think that he can try to outsmart everyone again and get there. So let's take a luxury pick in what I consider a top 10 player in this draft, even though you're not going to have him for the full year. And they're going to take Jeffrey Simmons. My thinking behind this is this defense was very, very good with Sue and Donald side by side. Yeah, they maybe they get Don or Sue to sign for another one-year deal, but they're not going to have him after this year. Uh, I still personally don't think that they get him this year, but um, even if you do next year, you don't have to worry about resigning him because you got a younger, better version of him. So freak that gives me the New England Patriots. You might not probably aren't even going to be here, um, depending on what they do, trades, whatever. But. I see them building. I mean, yeah, they just signed Austin Safarian Jenkins, but they still need somebody young to help, you know, be Tom Brady's go-to red zone guy. And I see them taking Irv Smith, tight end right here, to be able to not just not, – I'm not going to say he's going to fill the role of Gronkowski because Gronkowski was one of a kind to kind of a dude. But they do need some help. They need to fill some things there. So I'm going Irv Smith with a 32 overall pick. It's a total Patriots pick. <laughs> yep, it, yep, exactly. I got to think like him now, too. I hate it. I feel sick, but... Perfect. So, Doug, you're taking Irv Smith with the Patriots. I think that rounds up uh, round one for us. You know, we had a lot of guys sliding. We had a lot of guys, uh, you know, here in the first round that necessarily hasn't been talked about a lot. You know, that's the beauty of talking football here, and that does wrap up the episode, our episode for you guys tonight. Um, again, be sure to hit us up on Twitter, talking underscore football. Hit us up with any questions that you guys have, any hot takes, any potential trades that you're thinking of. We'd love to discuss it with you guys. We'd love to discuss it on the show. Uh, again, we do have apparel. We do have T-shirts. If you guys are interested in that, hit us up on Twitter or Instagram as well. Um, you know, we appreciate you guys listening, and that's it for today on Talking Football. Talking Football.